So I want to welcome everybody here at our Bellingham campus. I want to welcome those of you who are joining us at our Ferndale campus. And for the first time as well, we also want to welcome an English-speaking group of people who call themselves Christ the King Community Church. And they are south of Buenos Aires, Brazil. And uh, this is one of the first weekends when they are going to begin to jump in with us, and we are excited to have them. So we're going to welcome all of our brothers and sisters in Brazil. We're glad that you're here too. The internet is good for some things, and it's really good when it comes to connecting uh, the family of God around the world. So I have the opportunity every once in a while to go and uh, fly in an airplane. And you know, when, it, when, I, when I get on an airplane... One of the first things that I do is pray, but it's probably not the prayer that you think I pray. My prayer, in fact, there's four prayers that I pray every time I get on an airplane. Prayer number one goes like this. God, could you please leave the seat next to me empty? That's my first prayer, okay? Now, this prayer request often falls in the denied category because flights are very full these days. It's also denied because on several occasions, the person sitting next to me has sat down and said something like this. Oh, I'm so glad that you're here because I'm a nervous flyer and I asked God for a sign that everything was going to be okay and you're my pastor. Isn't it good that God answered my prayer? Well, I guess God had to pick which prayer he was going to answer and he picked the less selfish one, which wasn't mine. Not that I'm bitter or anything. So after I pray my first prayer, then I pray prayer number two, which says this. God, if the seat next to me has to be filled, Could you please make sure that they're small in stature, few in words, not in need of therapy, don't have bare arms or legs, have not eaten garlic or are planning on eating corn nuts in the near future, are a closed-mouthed sleeper, don't have a small bladder, don't have any children with them, are not fascinated by my screensaver, are not afraid to fly, or a first-time flyer, understand that all armrests on this plane are my armrests, and if as well, could you make sure they don't know me, all right? Amen. That's how the prayer goes, all right? It's not too much to ask. Well, on a recent flight, this prayer request was also denied, so I shifted to prayer number three, which basically says this, God, because you chose in your divine sovereignty to put me next to a large hairy man in a tank top and short shorts, who's returning from what appears to be a one-week bender in Florida and apparently just ate salsa and is not a closed-mouth sleeper, would you please help me to give thanks in the small fact that he has already fallen asleep and will not be talking to me throughout the flight, okay? That's number three. If I get through number three, I end up praying prayer number four, which goes like this. God, what did I do? And why are you laughing at me right now? That's how it goes, okay? I actually wrote this message on an airplane, and I just lived that, okay? Okay? I actually wrote this while I was on a trip, and and while I was on that trip, I was getting ready for this particular message, knowing it would be on Thanksgiving weekend, and so I just wrote out a list of things that I was thankful for. I was thankful for a trip filled with divine connections and accomplishment. I was thankful for God's provision of on-time connections and smooth weather. I was thankful for a competent pilot and his management of a cylindrical steel tube that travels at 35,000 feet above the ground and just over 500 miles an hour. I was grateful he knew what he was doing. I was thankful for seven peanuts, four Cheez-Its, and two pretzels that came out of a little foil package that they called a snack, even though that's a lie, and lying is a sin, and they should learn from that, okay? I was thankful that somebody else got the other half, or the other half of my can of tomato juice, because apparently I was not deserving enough of an entire can. I was thankful for the package of goldfish I found in my backpack that allowed me to not die on that flight from hunger. I was thankful I got an exit row with exit room. I got actually 3.4 inches of increased leg space. Thank you, Jesus, for 3.4 inches. 
I was thankful that I didn't have to pay for it while the guy next to me actually found out he did have to pay for it, for which made him extremely bitter. You can pray for him. His name was Ron, okay? I was thankful I didn't have to use my exit row safety briefing. That was a good thing. I was thankful to see Washington because the reality is Texas is just plain ugly. And yes, you can say that I said that out loud. Okay. I was thankful that Thanksgiving was coming because it was a great reminder of how I'm supposed to be thankful every single day. I'm supposed to be thankful with everything, in everything, and for everything. Scripture is very implicit that we're to give thanks to God. The Bible says God's people are supposed to be mindful of the fact that everything that comes from God and we are to thank him. We thank God, not karma, not good luck, not mother nature, not the scientific empirical method, not our smart and cutting selves. No, we put all of our thanks in the proper place where it belongs and that is at the feet of Jesus. I got three mild amens from that one. We can work on it, okay? I'm thankful for those three people. You're awesome, okay? We place our thanks and our gratitude directly in front of our Father in heaven who loves to give good gifts to his children. James 1.17 says these words, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights who doesn't change like shifting shadows. So we're to be thankful for the simple reason that God's been good to us. Because God has been good to us, gratitude seems to be the appropriate response, but the reality is sometimes we forget it, don't we? We just forget it. Sometimes Laurel makes an incredible meal for our family, and I can't believe it, but my children neglect to thank her. I never forget, right? That's a lie too, all right? We all forget from time to time. The reason we forget is because we're so blessed that things just kind of slip into that mode of being taken for granted. We take them for granted, and then suddenly they're gone, and then we come full circle, and we find ourselves in the tough moments of our lives thanking God for all the little things that we forgot about in previous times. I've had the privilege of traveling overseas several times. There's nothing like going without running water, going without electricity or abundant food to make you thankful for faucets, water purification systems, light bulbs that actually give light and a drive-through. I mean, just go without them for a little while and you'll find out just how unbelievably thankful you can be. You know, the reality is I rarely say thank you for those things simply because they're such a normal part of my life. I just take them for granted. What if we could learn how to never take anything for granted? What what if it was possible to be thankful with everything and everything and for everything, even the rough and difficult stuff in our lives? I mean, it seems like Scripture believes this is possible because it actually says all three of those things in Scripture. It says to God's people, you should be able to be thankful with everything, for everything, and in everything, all of the time. It seems like an impossible standard, but what if we could even just get halfway there on this Thanksgiving weekend? So let's just dive into it. Let's dive into it with both feet. The Bible says we're to give thanks to God with everything. Psalm 100 says this, shout for joy to the Lord all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It's he who made us and we are his. We're his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name for the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. I mean, do you notice how many times that scripture says it's all his? It's all his and it's on loan to us. 
And what a beautiful thing to not forget and ever take it for granted and to actually be very, very thankful for everything that he has given to us. I mean, we had an opportunity today through worship to give thanks to God. You have the opportunity. Whether or not you took it or not, that's between you and Jesus. It has nothing to do with the rest of us, but the opportunity was there. I mean, just in the first part of the service, you had a moment to thank God with your voice and your prayers and your hands and your passion and your mind and your soul and your heart. That's why King David says this. He says in Psalm 103, with all of my heart, I praise the Lord. With all that I am, I praise his holy name. With all of my heart, I praise the Lord. I will never forget how kind he has been. I forget. I think we all do. When we've got so much blessing and so much abundance, it's just so easy to slip into that world where we forget just how kind he has been. And God invites us. He doesn't punish us for that. Instead, he invites us to just step back into gratitude. Make today the day that you're thankful. If you forgot to say thanks to God on Thanksgiving Day, do it today instead. The Bible says with all of our heart, Our gratitude should come from the deepest part of our being, from the center of our soul. And our gratitude should be expressed with all of our strength because of this fact. The only reason I've got a heart to praise is because Jesus inhabits my heart and God is the one who gives me strength. So it would just seem to make sense to me that I would use the God-given strength, the life and breath that he gave me to praise him for the fact that he gave me life and breath. Does that make sense? Does it make sense? With what else can I give thanks to God? I've just put down some ideas. I think that I should be giving thanks to God with my life. Being constantly grateful for the life God gave me. I know some of you think you got it really, really rough. Here's the bottom line. If you are upright and taking nourishment and sitting in this room today, you have so much to be thankful for. It's almost sad. I mean, God gave you. You're breathing right now. I believe that we should give thanks with my song. You know, the song of my heart should be one of gratitude because Jesus is the author of the song of salvation that my heart sings. You know, I, I, I know about 10 people in this entire congregation who could rightfully sing this song. Nobody knows the trouble I've seen. The rest of us, the rest of us, We've got a different song that we should be singing. You know what's amazing about the 10 people that I know at Christ the King who could actually sing that song? They don't sing it. They exchanged it for a song of praise a long, long time ago because they found out that this gratitude stuff, it actually works. And they found a way to thank God in everything, for everything, and with everything, and that's what makes them so unbelievable. I believe I'm called to thank God with my passion. I believe that my God-given passion's from Jesus, so it should focus on Jesus. I believe I should praise God with my prayer. Scripture says this, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, we forget that little part, but it's in there, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. You know, I was praying about some medical issues that I've been facing, and I found myself being obedient to the request part. God, you need to help me. I was doing the request part over and over and over again. Just left out the Thanksgiving part altogether. 
When I read this scripture again, I realized that it's so much more than just, God, I need you to help me. That's a part of it. But if you are obedient to the entire scripture, it actually goes more like this. God, I need you to help me, but I also want to thank you for trusting me with this challenge. Help me to trust you more and love you more because you also said you were going to walk with me through this. Here's number five. I believe I'm supposed to be thankful to God and they're supposed to use my possessions. They can use what God's given me to thank God by using it for his purpose. Some of you are choosing to become involved in the, in the CTK blessing. And with it comes that opportunity to be thankful that God can use some of the blessing he gave you to touch somebody else's life and be their miracle. And they may never know who you are or what you did. But a couple of weeks ago, we learned it, that the King Almighty himself sits and takes copious notes about the beautiful things that his children do when they just act like sheep. So we're supposed to give thanks to God with everything. Let's add another one. We're also supposed to give thanks to God for everything. Now, some of you are wondering, shouldn't that just apply to the good stuff? Because it's easy to be thankful for the good stuff, isn't it? I mean, let's see it. Ephesians says this, Ephesians chapter five, be very careful then how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the spirit, speaking to one another with psalms and hymns and songs from the spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God The Father, what are the next words? For everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let me give you the Greek translation for the word everything. You've heard me say this before. It means everything. (laughs) That's what it means. It means everything. All you see, all you experience, all you have, everything. We're supposed to give thanks to God for everything. I mean, think about the easy things that are just easy to be thankful for. I mean, we just finished a day thanking God for provision and blessing, right? We thank God for the food. We thank God for the warmth of our homes, for water, for air, for warm beds. I mean, we full cupboards. We just thank God for all of that stuff. It's amazing. So much more to be thankful for. If you've been forgiven by Jesus, I mean, if your sins have been washed away, if you didn't get what you deserved like me, but instead we're offered a spiritual family and acceptance. If you had your record wiped clean, if you were given the gift of forgiveness and the, ga- the, the gift of forgiveness for the past and hope for the future, then you should be thankful every single day for these two things, forgiveness and mercy. Don't take those for granted. Don't ever forget how far into the darkness Jesus had to go to save you and me. We should be so thankful for forgiveness and mercy. If you've got people in your life, you should be thankful. And it's easy to thank God for family and friends. Even if you don't always like them, you should be able to thank God for them. Sometimes we look at that and go, I don't know, Grant. You haven't met my in-laws. Even with your in-laws in that category, the Bible says that you are to give thanks for, yeah, it's still there, everything. Even your obnoxious uncle. Thank you, Jesus, for him. (laughs) I'm going to leave that right there, all right? That's the easy and the fun stuff, but that's not everything, is it? You know you're thankful when you can also thank God for correction and tough lessons. 
I had to learn another tough lesson last week as a parent. Called up Braden on his cell phone. I was in another part of the country. He said, Braden, we need to talk about some family stuff. But we need to talk about this stuff like men. And then I promptly proceeded to lose my temper like a three-year-old. Had to go back. Had to confess my hypocrisy. Had to ask for forgiveness. I'll tell you what, it's no fun to thank God for humbling you in plain view of your own kid. But it's not a bad thing. I did thank God. I thanked him for an opportunity to grow. I thanked him for a reminder that everybody has issues, even if they have the name pastor in front of their name. I thanked God for the forgiveness of my son and another opportunity to try again. Here's another one. We're to thank God for adversity and pain. Ouch. Pain's a good teacher. It teaches you to never take anything for granted. Just meet somebody who has faced pain every day and they will be thankful for the small things. Pain teaches you to lean into God. I've told you this story before, but it never ever gets old to me. When my wife, Laura, was diagnosed with her eye disease, Bietti's crystalline dystrophy, I took her to see one of my prayer warriors back in Brandon, Manitoba. Elizabeth Sutherland prayed for me every day of my life, and she lived to be well over 100 years old. When we went to see Elizabeth that day, her eyes were dim, her body was curved, but what shone out of her heart was the most amazing light. She loved Jesus like no one I've ever met. And when I told her Laurel's diagnosis and what the doctors were saying about her future, I will never forget her response to my wife. It only comes from someone who has learned to be thankful for the pain. She said, sweetie, God must think an awful lot of you to let you carry this weight. If you are here and you are hurting, here's what I would say to you. God must think an awful lot of you to allow you to carry this weight. See, Elizabeth had learned to thank God for everything, even the hard stuff. When she couldn't read scripture anymore, she was thankful that she'd memorized so much of it. She had a perspective that just kept looking towards eternity every time I met her, even when stuff was hard. Let's do one more. Give thanks to God in everything. So with everything, for everything, and in everything. Scripture says this, rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances. Let me read that again. Give thanks in all circumstances. It doesn't say all good circumstances. It doesn't even say all mildly possible circumstances. It doesn't say those circumstances which don't increase your pulse or give you a bit of a heart problem. It doesn't say anything. It just says give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. If you're wondering, you know, what's the will of God for my life? There it is. Every day, all day, without stopping. Pray continually. Rejoice always. Give thanks in all circumstances. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever noticed that the people who tell you to be thankful in pain at that particular moment don't seem to have any pain in their life at all? Have you ever seen that? And you know when it's disingenuous, right? When they just come up, you just should be thankful. Thank God for that. Then you look at their life and go, it's easy for you to say. You know what I love about these verses from 1 Thessalonians 5? It didn't come from that kind of person. 
First Thessalonians 5 were written by a guy who absolutely knew pain inside out and backwards. And he wrote this after he'd gone through this. This is his story. Listen close. I've worked much harder, been in prison more frequently, have been flogged more severely and been exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. I'll do the math for you. That's 195 times. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I've been constantly on the move. I've been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false believers. I've labored and toiled and gone without sleep. I've known hunger and thirst and have gone without food. I've been cold and naked. Beside everything else, I face the daily pressure of my concern for all of the churches. Who is weak and I don't feel weak? Who's led into sin and I don't inwardly burn? If I must boast, I will boast of the things that show my weakness. The God and Father of the Lord Jesus, who is to be praised forever, knows that I'm not lying. Isn't it amazing that this guy could actually say, you need to be thankful in all circumstances. Apparently, he actually found a way to do that. It's challenging, isn't it? He's not living with a silver spoon in his mouth and a golden credit card in his back pocket. This guy has been through it. Paul knew pain. He knew hardship, but Paul also knew something else. Paul knew gratitude. Paul knew thanksgiving. Paul knew gratitude is a choice. Paul knew that you can always find something to be grateful for. Paul knew that he could thank God in everything he encountered and faced because God was always with him when he faced those challenges. So let me tell you what this means. I thought these were so important, I actually put them in your outline. Paul is saying this. You should thank God when it works and when it doesn't. Because there's probably a lesson in there somewhere. You should thank God when you've got it and when you don't have anything at all. I prayed with a guy this week who's been unemployed for almost three years. He said, have you found some way to be thankful? He goes, absolutely. He goes, I'm thankful every day that God has given me a season in my life in which I have been able to give him my undivided attention. That's somebody who's learning something. It means you should thank God when you get it and it all makes sense and when you don't understand anything. It means you should thank God when you win and when you lose. Hard to thank God for the losses, but I'll tell you what, they are far better teachers than the victories ever could be. Amen? I'll tell you. It means you should thank God when it's peaceful and when it's not. Because sometimes in the midst of the chaos, that's the best place to hear that still small voice of the Holy Spirit. And finally, it means you should thank God when you hurt and when you don't. A couple of months ago, after an 11.45 service, I was kind of hanging around at the back, and this sweet little gal with a twang from the other side of this country she came up in a wheelchair. Her family was pushing her, and she introduced herself. She said, my name is Dora. I'm like, hi, Dora. It's nice to meet you. And I could simply tell just by looking at her that she was terminally ill. I found out that it had been one of Dora's wishes 
to be able to come all the way across the country and attend a service at her church. The internet is a powerful thing. And it's amazing that people get to hang out here even when they're not here. She was a little disappointed because um, she thought maybe there'd be a baptismal service and she really wanted to get baptized. Well, around here, when somebody as beautiful as that just shows up and says, I'd like to be baptized, we fill the tank. That's how it works. So on the next Tuesday morning, we actually had Dora come here along with her son and daughter who had both accepted the Lord. And uh, the staff gathered and we actually baptized right over here. In fact, I got a picture. There's Dora in the middle. And uh, that's pretty awesome. That's Dora's, um, I believe it's her uncle Bob over there. And he's an amazing man of God as well. And You know, what I was so grateful for was what I got to hear from Dora as she was getting ready to be baptized. You know, she's obviously been through a lot, but, but she kept saying, I'm just I'm so grateful to be here. I'm so blessed. I'm so blessed that you'd be here. I'll see you live in the flesh. You're bigger than when you are on that little screen, you know. So I'm just, I'm just so thankful. She stepped into the water. It was, oh, I'm so thankful the water's warm. Thank you, Jesus, for warm water. She just kept saying it. God's been so good to me. Been so good to me. I'm so thankful that God gave me a front row seat on gratitude. You know what else I'm thankful for? I'm thankful that just a couple of weeks ago, and only Christians get to do this, I'm thankful that Dora got to go home. I'm thankful that God answered her prayer because she was done with this broken place. And I'm thankful that as a believer in Jesus, I have this incredible hope. I'm thankful that God's got a place for her. I'm thankful that God gave her a brand new body. I'm thankful that she's having a face-to-face conversation with Jesus right now about just how unbelievably thankful she is. I'm thankful for that. So here's what we're going to do. We're actually going to take a couple moments because maybe, maybe you just slid right through your Saturday and you were so obsessed with getting to the Good Friday sales at midnight. I saw some of you there, okay, just so you know. It did, all right? Maybe you were just so wrapped up in that that you forgot to say thank you. I got a challenge for you. We're going to take a moment and we're going to express prayers of thanksgiving and gratitude to God. And here's my challenge to you. Do you have the courage to thank God for the hardest thing in your life? Can you thank Him for the fact that you haven't found a job yet? Can you thank Him for the fact that you're not sure where you're going to turn and he's the only direction you have. Can you thank him for your broken marriage? Can you thank him and bring him into the pain instead of pushing him away? So we're going to take a moment and we're going to try and turn some of that stuff upside down and then I want to encourage you as well. At the end of the service, at this campus, at the at the Ferndale campus, and I'm sure you'll be doing it in Brazil too. Every week we have people stand up here across the front that would love to pray with you. And most of us put on our brave face at the end of the service and we walk out the same way we walked in. Whatever that hard thing is, maybe you need a brother or sister to pray with you. I just want you to know they're here. 
and they're available, and they would love to just come alongside. So let's take a moment, and we're going to pray in the quiet and the silence of this moment. And let's thank God for the easy and for the hard. Let's pray right now. Father God, thank you for the hard stuff. Thank you for moments when we feel like we have nowhere else to turn and we thank you that you are a place to turn. I thank you that you are a shelter in the time of storm, a friend in the time of abundance. Lord, you give and you take away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So, Lord, whatever my brothers and sisters may be carrying, I pray right now they would do the unthinkable and thank you for it. Thank you for those times when we're pressed to our knees, knowing that it it awakens something inside of us to reach out to you. Thank you that we are never alone. You said you would never leave us or forsake us. We thank you, God, for both heartbreak and heart restoration. We thank you for answered prayer and for those moments when you say wait or when you say no. We thank you that we can know that even your no's come out of a heart of love for us. So Lord, we thank you. We praise you. Teach us to be grateful and thankful with everything, in everything, and for everything. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.